reality is something I get into in the paranormal is, you know, essentially it's just a bunch of frequencies. It's just a bunch of um, atoms, a bunch of um, vibrating atoms emitting a particular frequency. Everybody and welcome to the Conspiracy Folklore Corner of Melissa Dawn Eclectic. Um, I am talking today to my guest, Kieran Woodhouse. Uh, we did a show on X Spaces, which I encourage you to go and follow me on X because I'm going to be doing a lot of weekly shows there. It's really great. We talk about the nature of reality and how the globalists use all their tools to manipulate us and manipulate our thoughts so we follow along with their devious plots. Now, Kieran is formerly an author who writes a lot about the paranormal, and out of that, he has really gotten into this way that our mind is controlled and how we perceive things. And he, he goes into that in this interview, so I won't chat too much longer on that, but Please follow me over on X. It's at Make70sGreat. I'll put the link to that in the description because we also have people who will chime in. I usually let people try and chime in at about the hour mark. And you can chime in and give your opinion or comment or add something to our discussion. That's what I like about spaces. So, and we do have a guest that does that during this show. I'd like to build up an audience there. So I'm trying to go for every Wednesday to have a guest on. Kieran was this week's guest. And next week I have UFO extraordinaire researcher Dean Bertram coming on and we're going to be talking about the whole conspiracy about the government using UFOs as sort of a lockdown almost like they did with COVID. Will they use UFOs and aliens for that? I don't know. We're going to be talking about that next week but it's going to be a live stream because Dean is a smart man. He got rid of all, all of his mobile devices so we're going to be streaming it with um restream but you'll still be able to comment there won't be the discussion but normally we want I want to do a spaces where people can join in in the discussion it just it just adds so much more dimension and you'll hear that on this podcast so please follow me over at x and go to my website melissadawneclectic.com for all of my links I will put all those links of course in the show notes now let's get to it and enjoy this week's talk topic on how these elites are controlling our reality, what is reality, and how they control us and get us to do exactly what they want so they can have their authoritarian, devious outcome. I'm good, I'm good. How is everything in jolly old England? Wet, very, very wet. Oh. I know, it's been probably the worst summer I can remember, to be honest. Um, and it's only going to get worse as we move towards autumn and winter. Global warming, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, I've kind of sat here watching all of this, you know, these supposed wildfires over in Europe, thinking, send some our way, because it's uh, it's been it's been freezing and wet most of the summer. Well, <clears throat> the the ones up in Canada are were all are arson for sure. Yeah, all those wildfires, totally yeah. arson. I mean. Yeah, it's 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 so insane the 
how, and we're going to talk about this crazy stuff and how we're manipulated to believe this narrative and how actually evil reality really is. And it's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the, the, the manipulation thing has kind of stepped up to a new level the past few years. They've kind of gone into overdrive with it. Um, and worryingly, a lot of people have, have fallen for it, I guess. That's the, um, that's the worrying sign, really. That, you know, they could do it all again, and I think it would still, they would still fall for it. Just give everybody a little bit of a mini background about um, what you're up to and who you are and the books you've written. Sure. Um, yeah, so obviously when we've spoken before, it's been more about the paranormal, which has been my, um, my field of research. So that those are the type of books that I've written about um, ghosts and, and the paranormal. And I've always tried to tie it into the nature of reality because that was really the angle that I was coming from. Um, I never really meant to fall into the world of the paranormal. I was always interested in UFOs. I was always interested in um, conspiracy theories. Um, back to 9-11 was, was really the first thing that I ever really started to look into. And that was about 15 or so years ago. Um, and then, you know, I started to attend these groups that we have in, in England. I'm sure that, that they happen, you know, over in America as well. But um, there's UFO groups or there's conspiracy groups that you can go and they have different talkers on every month or whatever. Um, and I kind of fell in with that crowd, um, which was great because it broadened my horizons and, and helped me to talk to people who were on the same wavelength as me. So I didn't feel like I was so crazy. And then um, got into, I had like a very, very up close UFO encounter um, in about 2012. And that, in a weird way, opened a, a door. It was, it was synchronicity at its finest. And then a lot of stuff happened that, that basically resulted in me giving a lecture about the paranormal, a presentation about the paranormal. And someone said, have you not written a book? You should write a book. So I did. And then, um, as you know, one thing leads to another. And then I've written two books, done a documentary on a on a ghost, uh, on a, ha a haunting in a house that, that we, we investigated. I'm currently in the very early stages of um, working on a, another documentary now, um, very early stages with that. So I am still in the world of the paranormal, but I've always had one eye on conspiracies. Um, and to be honest, I, I don't think they're a million miles apart. I think all of this is connected if you, if you look close enough. Um, so yeah, that's, that, that's kind of where I'm at. Although the, the most recent presentation that I plan on giving is, is actually um, almost going against conspiracies because that's how I feel at the moment. I, I, being being in the truther, and I hate that word, but in the truther in environment um, community for so long, um, I'm starting to see cracks within that, and I'm starting to see hypocrisy within that as well. And it's it's actually beginning to um, wind me up, and and to the point where it's like actually, well, who who can you trust and who can you believe? And just like right. just like with ghost hunting, my my circle became smaller. My, my, my equipment bag became smaller. I realized that I could only really trust my, my myself as opposed to all of these fancy gadgets that they try to sell you. Um, and I think it's becoming the same in the world of conspiracies. I think the, I can only really trust myself and, and my own instinct. Well, 
it's um it's really it's always a good thing to sit down and do a self analysis of yourself to make sure you're not just going crazy. So I'm I mean it, whether it doesn't matter what you're looking at whether you're looking at conspiracy or you know it's always good to sit down and say okay a am I you know is am I projecting something out or is this really happening or what's going on here? I, I, so it's I think it's fine to criticize any kind of conspiracy in a fair way. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, please carry on. I was just going to say you you said nine eleven, and that's when I really started getting suspicious because I was actually traveling and flying <laughs> during nine eleven and got held over, and I and I remember thinking something's not right, um, and I kind of went back and forth because you got to live life and yeah. you've got to survive in this this reality, but uh, definitely the pandemic pushed right over the edge where I was like, okay. This this whole entire reality is it like what what is going on here? What's the the reality? Because I started to realize all these narratives are just falling apart right before my eyes, and the only people who believe it are people who are scared. Yeah, I mean the the the, the pandemic seemed to wake again. It's not a term I really like, but uh, it seemed to wake a lot of people up. Um, and the example I give for that is is my dad. <laughs> so I, I spent years arguing with my dad about conspiracies he thought i was a nutcase he would laugh at uh, at my you know my david Icke book that i would probably have at the end of my bed um he would stand up for the national anthem if he went to watch a rugby game all of this stuff and um the second covid happened he completely changed and it was because he could no longer go to watch the rugby or the football he couldn't go to the pub for a pint because it was directly affecting him um he he woke up um, just because it was wasn't happening to someone thousands of miles away, and unfortunately, that's what it took for a lot of people for it to for it to directly impact their lives. And um, so we saw a lot. We uh, for, I, I say that COVID is 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 some people's nine eleven. Um, in that it, it's been responsible for waking them up and for them seeing. The problem is with again using my dad as as the example is is I'm about fifteen or so years ahead of him. So mm -hmm. he's now sending me things that I've kind of looked into, I've got an opinion on already, uh, I, that kind of thing. And to be frank, I'm a bit bored with, a bit, you know, it's kind of, and, and he's getting angry with me now because there's this kind of, if you could do a chart or a graph of, 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 of waking up, you, you have these different stages, don't you, where you, I imagine at first you're in total shock, then you have this kind of, depression where you you're, you're you're sad that the world isn't how you thought it was then you start to get angry that no one else can see what you can see and they don't share your beliefs and they're not reacting how you want them to react and then eventually i think you end up being like me where you you you, you can't you know you're in prison you, you know you're in a prison planet but you're, you you just have to make yourself as comfortable as possible and my dad is at that angry phase at the moment and he, he actually, so we still argue, ironically, we still argue um, because now he's upset that I don't get as um, uh, outwardly upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. He's, he, he, he's saying, why aren't, you, why aren't you angry about this? And I'm like, well, I am, and I was like 10 years ago. Um, but I've kind of, it's not that I've come to accept it. And I, I understand that this could come across as someone that has just rolled over and accepts it. But, you know, I haven't. I still go on protests. I still do what I can. But there's, I've, I've begun to learn that there's a different way to tackle the system, and it isn't by screaming in people's faces. So we're, we're talking about um, 
how globalists manipulate reality. And I, I don't know if we can get into the, what reality really is. Like, um, I, yeah. I probably, maybe we'll, there's going to be a lot of David Icke here. And I'm listening to one of his audiobooks, me and my husband have been. And it's really fascinating, how, even what he thinks of the paranormal and how there's like a construct. Like, it, it's, it's hard to explain in like an hour, an hour and a half spaces. But what, um, what is, like, we got to kind of parse out what reality really is so we can tell you how they're manipulating it right absolutely and 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 the the key to all of this is if you understand how reality works and if you understand how how our reality is constructed then it makes it a lot easier to manipulate you know if you if you don't have an understanding of it then um it's it's difficult to play the game so the the people that really run the world the elites um again people call them the illuminati or whatever but i don't really like that term but they they understand how the world works and they understand how it operates and they so therefore they can play the game not but it's almost like minecraft they can not only play the game but they can um create a reality within it and we all have that power we all have that power to create our own reality but we're we're told that we don't and we're we're um kept in a state where we don't realize that we have that power so, I mean, reality is something I get into in the paranormal. Is you know, essentially, it's just a bunch of frequencies. It's just a bunch of um, atoms, a bunch of um, vibrating atoms emitting a particular frequency, and um, we just kind of take that frequency and we uh, regurgitate it within our brains, and then we create this reality that we can see. So in my are, are we doing that by our thoughts and the way that we think? Um, the more I've looked into this, the more I believe yes. Um, I mean, if you wake up having a, am I allowed to swear? Absolutely, go ahead. Um, if, if you if you wake up having a shitty day, um, then you will have a shitty day. You know, if if you if you if you convince yourself that the rain is going to piss you off, that you that it's ruined your day then it will ruin your day. But if you convince yourself, well, actually, the, the rain's not going to ruin my day and I'm going to go out and I'm going to have a good time, I'm just going to get a bit wet, then you will have a fantastic day. So it's all in the perception. It's all in how you perceive the world. And the, the, the energy that you give out is the energy that you get back. And I want to get into this a bit with conspiracies. But in terms of the, the paranormal, the more I've researched the paranormal, the more... I'm beginning to realise, in my opinion, because it, it is just a theory, that a lot of hauntings are actually created within the mind of the experiencer. And the experiences that they have, the energies that they create, which are real, I'm not, I'm not saying that the energies, you know, these entities that are in people's homes or whatever aren't real, but they are manifested and created by the people that are having those experiences. And the research that I've done has has, has led me to, to firmly believe this now. Um, in terms of conspiracies, I, I think, I, just again, just to give an example, at the moment in England, I'm not so sure about where you are, but in England we're 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 not quite being bombarded because at the moment they're still you know we still have our climate change decorations up, but you can sense that that they're going to move on to something like another covid wave just as we move into autumn and the flu season picks up and they're, they're going to start trying the covid thing again and 
again, the truther movement, or uh, someone calls it the truther industrial complex, um, have picked up on this. And supposedly, you know, if you were to be on my social media feed every day, I'm being bombarded with a lockdown is coming. The 23rd of September is a big day. Um, we're all going to be locked down. We're all going to be wearing masks again. They get a mandate vaccines. And yet, whilst I don't actually watch the news very much, I do keep a, half an eye on it. Um, I've probably seen like three serious news articles in the past month mentioning something about COVID. So I'm not really getting the sense of it from the mainstream media or the government's. But I'm I'm actually getting the fear from the truther movement. They're the ones that are, they're they're the ones that are spreading this. They're the ones that are spreading the um, the fear. And ironically, they're the ones that oppose this. They're the ones that say that we this is not what we want. We want to live in harmony. We want to live if in peace. If it's on your if it's in your Facebook or something like that, my guess is also the algorithm is reading you. And giving you some stuff that you interact with, and giving you more of it. So the mainstream media right right now, they're they're focused on elections. Like you've seen Russell Brand, yeah, yeah, in the yeah. media. they're highly focusing on getting rid of different media outlets that have big followings. Yeah, probably even more so than COVID. Like they're really focused on that right now. Uh, I'm sure as it revs up, like they're they're talking about lockdowns, and Biden has been ordering stuff. I mean, it's happening around here slowly. People are more wearing their masks, so it is happening. But I think that I think a lot of truther groups are jumping on it because they want people to be ready for there, anything. There is there is that, and I, and I appreciate that. But the, the the point I'm trying to make is that they. They're inadvertently, whether they whether they mean to or not, mm-hmm. but they're creating this reality themselves. Right, um, because their thoughts create the reality. Precisely, exactly. And so, for example, I mean, I, I was in Spain last week. We went on a family holiday, and I think I saw one person at the airport, both there and here, um, in a mask, just one person. And and that's fine. If they want to wear a mask, fine. Um, but other people would see that one person and it would become like this big thing and they'd be straight onto Facebook saying, I saw a person wearing a mask on in the airport, can't believe these idiots, blah, blah, blah. So they end up being fixated on this one person, not realising that it was like 0.1% of all the people they've interacted with over that week. Right. And so what my, my, my point is that they're, they're creating this reality and they're living on this frequency of fear, despite... No not meaning to right so in order to change what's happening i was actually that was my next question i was going to say are there there different levels of frequency and what frequencies are you know manipulative elites like functioning on right like there's got to be different ones um well i mean there is i mean from a spiritual side of things people talk about you know chakras and um operating on a higher or lower frequency range um but I think the word frequency has kind of lost its um, original meaning. I think it's used very ambiguously um, nowadays. So um, when I talk about that kind of thing, I I really mean reality. And so for me, um, I've got I've got a friend who who was who was part of the Truth Movement. uh, Still is to a degree. Used to go to all of these meetings that we spoke about. He was at all the protests for COVID. but he's, re- he's really, over the past year, stepped away from it. He spends a lot of time wild camping in the forest. 
um, spent a lot of time kind of meditating and all of that. And the way he is now is he, he's not picking sides. He's kind of above it. He's in a different reality. And the messages that he's trying to put across to people is, you know, whether you're, let, let's take Russell Brand, whether you're for Russell Brand or against Russell Brand, you're participating in the game. You're playing the game that they want you to play in, which is the game of division right. and and duality. And and that's what they need. They need you to play the game um, because then you're giving energy. And, you know, the, the irony of, of people... Um, putting out messages like, I will not wear masks, you will not mandate vaccines on me. Well, that's fine, but you're still playing the game, you're still picking a side, and you're still giving the topic or the subject your energy. And what this guy is saying is, we need to just be above it. And as far as he's concerned, it just doesn't exist in his reality anymore. And that's kind of the way I've gone over the past six months, eight months. I've started to lean more towards this um, this way of thinking because it's tiresome, Melissa. I'm sure you know yourself. It, it's tiresome constantly. Well, I think arguing. that's the point: is to exhaust us. Exactly, and always arguing with people online that people you'll never meet, keyboard warriors. You know, people that have a right. different a different opinion to you. What? Why do we? Why do we do it? You know, it, I mean, if someone wants to wear a mask, crack on, please carry on. If someone wants to get vaccinated, carry on. You know, that's not my choice. That's your choice. As long as you're not forcing it on me and ramming I, it down my throat. And I, I think I think the reason that people do it, and it's about numbers, it's about information and having people understand it. So, like, from my perspective, I, I, I totally get what you're saying, and I agree that you project it, your own reality out. But so many people are manipulated and if they have the right level of numbers it, it, it expands and expands into their advantage and I think people think that if they counteract the information right and they put that out there and they keep putting that out there they'll get to people and people will start thinking in a different way to counteract the elite's power because it's all about how many people you have pushing their energy towards your purpose but they like you said they might be unwittingly playing this game of both sides when a lot of times we know the elites fund both sides of the game anyways yeah, yeah. yeah. they always back both teams you know it, that's that's that was most famously done by um Rothschild during the battle of waterloo when he he told everybody that wellington had lost so everybody sold their stocks and then it came out that wellington had won and he'd already brought the stocks at a Good uh, lord, he's like a George Soros. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Maybe that's where Soros learned it from. <laughs> a 19th century George Soros, yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, really, the the, the, the people that I, I get it, I understand because I've beat, I've beaten that, and to a degree, I still play the game, um, trying to wake people up. But it, again, to use the paranormal as an example, the, there's a there's a point where you just stop showing people evidence because what's the point? Because they, they either believe in the go in ghosts, so they don't need to see the evidence, or they don't believe in ghosts, they never will, and it doesn't matter what you show them, they will tell you that it's Photoshop or CGI or whatever, right. and, and they will never believe in ghosts. So there comes a point where you just don't bother, and actually you just collect the evidence for your own for your own use, to, to right. you know, for your own scrapbook or whatever. 
I think and, and, why people are bothering on this is because they really see it as their own country's sovereignty and their freedom versus a globalist, tyrannical, psychopathic group that's going to control every element of their life. But, but they, Melissa, like, it's, 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 they see it as a really dire circumstance, right? I absolutely. I mean, you know, my son was pretty much born slightly before COVID started. So mm-hmm. um, the stuff that he... You know, he, he spent, he's probably spent half his life in some kind of restriction or lockdown, you know, and, and I feel sorry for the children that, whose parents followed the rules and wore masks and, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. What a horrible existence that would be. Um, but the, the last three years, right, if, no, if somebody hasn't woken up in the last three years, are they, ever go- they? are they ever going to? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, like, and maybe they will on the way to the gulag. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when they'll ever wake up. <laughs> and and, and that's, that's my point, you know? It, 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 so what is the point? What, what is the point in screaming from the rooftops? Because you're either going to be talking to people who, who are with you, they're on your side, or they're, they're going to be calling you a nutter, and they're never going to change their mind. So there comes a point where you need to stop wasting your energy on those people and directing your energy towards something better. Now, I'm talking about something like just making sure that your friends and your family are happy, making sure that your own circle are are good, they're looked after. Um, Maybe starting a community, starting a a community garden or a community allotment. All this stuff you could put your energy towards. And, And in a way, instead of arguing, and in a way, by doing that, you are resisting and you are, you know, sticking your fingers up to the system because they don't want you to grow your own vegetables. They don't want you to love your neighbour. They don't want you to be friends with, with with people of a different race. So there's different ways of, you know, telling the government or the, the, the system, there's different ways of telling them to swivel. And it doesn't always involve arguing on Facebook at three o'clock in the morning, going on protests, um, promoting violence. Um, th- there's there's different ways of doing, and, and all I'm saying is that I think it's time that we started to look at at, at those different ways. Well, and I was uh, I was reading. I don't have the document right up here in front of me, but I had an article on Twitter, and I, I can't. I'm not going to go look at it now, but it was talking about how, in order to defeat a totalitarian system, you have to move away from reliance on it. You have to take everything away from it and start forming your own communities and using different like create. And it's actually happening here in the United States where there's like a parallel economy and groups organizing outside of this system. And the banking system is the big one, right? It's so colossal and and insane and and, and such a monster that people are trying to form their own system outside of this so they don't rely on it. That way, the more people that do that in their little systems, this tyrannical global system starts to erode and collapse. Yeah, and that's a better form than standing outside a bank and throwing a brick through the window. Because, you know, they, they almost want violence. They want you to protest. They want you to play the game. You know, if you protest violently, if you play the game, then it, it justifies them bringing in uh, more of a military-style police force, which they have over the years. It justifies them getting a bit more um, hands-on with you. So but there are there are many non-violent, non-physical ways of not complying. So throughout lockdown, yes, I went on, on, on some protests, 
mainly just to get the vibe and to see what it was like. And yes, many of them turned out violent, and I was never part of that. But what did I do during lockdowns? Well, I um, I hopped over the park that the council padlocked to stop my one-year-old son being able to go on the swings and on the slide. They had padlocked the local playground. So I jumped over the fence and played on the playground with my son. I shouldn't have met, met with friends, but they came round and we had a nice meal together in our kitchen. And that was, that was breaking the rules, supposedly. Um, it's so insane to think that that's breaking the rules. <laughs> I know, I know. Coming around, coming around our house for a curry or something, you know. And but but we made we, we had a laugh. We 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 put some music on and made it feel like we were actually in, in a in an Indian restaurant to make it feel like we were actually out. Um, but you know, I saw who I wanted to see when I wanted to see them, and I bar being able to watch sport live or go to a, a pub, I pretty much did everything that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and and. In my mind, that that was non-compliance. I didn't play the game. I didn't have a vaccine. I didn't wear a mask. Um, I, I didn't clap the NHS every Thursday night like a sea lion, like most of the neighbourhood did. Um, I, I just didn't play the game. And it was around that time that I began to realise, you know, there's better ways of doing this because you become consumed. You become consumed with it. And, and I'd rather put my energy... So, for example, I created a group after lockdown so we now meet once a month above a pub uh, we have different speakers on they you know we had a guy um come and talk about ancient aliens on monday um so we have people come and talk about we've got a guy coming to talk about princess diana and jack the ripper he, he believes there's some connection there i'm not quite sure <laughs> what that is but, uh, <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> i know i know I, I, I called him up to book him and i said i've heard about this talk that you do uh, about Princess Diana and Jack the Ripper. Is that one talk? And he said, yes. And I was like, wow, I want you to do that talk because I need to know what that connection is. Um, so, yeah, and, and it's great. We have people that we probably get about 30 or 40 people come to watch. Um, I've made some really good friends. We we have a chat. Uh, we hug each other. It, it, it's just... and uh, So I feel like I've created that little community there, you know? And... Whereas some people, it's called an echo chamber and people are stuck in it. They're going around in circles. They listen to people who are only telling them what they already know. They, they watch programs that are only telling them what they already know. They're, they're not mm. expanding their mind or their consciousness. And whilst they rally against those that are still wearing masks, still going for their 25th vaccine or whatever we're on now, they they're just as bad because they're still trapped in that as well. And and you get them can't see it. So I wanted to get into, um, because we've talked about reality is what we kind of make it. And we have also discussed like how they want to control the way we think. And that's the point of media and news. And was there like, because news never seemed to be so devious when I was younger. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. Maybe it always was. Maybe it was just really subtle. But it seems to be like the control, the prison planet's locking down. There's like a crazier control system going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, and, and, you know, like I kind of mentioned at the start, they they accelerated it, didn't they? You know, everyone was, yeah. oh, you know, this is, the, David Icke calls it the totalitarian tiptoe. And, you know, it's, we can't go from A to Z because everybody will sit up and, and ask what's going on. So they, they do it slowly. But it seemed over the last three years, they just basically went from A to Z, like 
super I fast. Think, I think we have Donald Trump to thank for that because he put a wrench in the globalist plan. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could partly agree with that. Yes, I, I think there were some characters around at the time. And I say characters because I believe that they're playing their part on the stage. Um, right. who, who, who absolutely threw, threw, threw a wrench in, in the works. Um, and it, th- th- they, they felt like they had to accelerate. They, they couldn't carry on at the slow rate they were going. So, and well, again, I think, that's they, what, I think it's their own fear. I think they panicked. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because they, they're, they still, ha- they're still panicking because Klaus Schwab is getting really nervous. <laughs> they're still, I mean, still, yeah, I mean, I wanted to get onto Klaus Schwab at some point. Okay, um, perfect. but, the the whole the whole kind of going from A to Z practically overnight, with pretty much every country in the world being in lockstep, which was a dead giveaway as to what their agenda was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think any time every time world leaders are in lockstep with a particular policy, then you need to question what's going on. Um, same thing with the journalism when they're all they all yes. spew out the same headlines. You know that's not real journalism. Absolutely. I mean, again, just to go back to, to Russell Brand. I mean, I, I watch Russell Brand. I, I quite like Russell Brand. Um, is he a shill? Is he an insider? I, to be quite frank, I don't really care. I, I, I know of some people who who have woken up because of Russell Brand. So if he is a shill, um, then he's done a pretty shit job because he, <laughs> he's been responsible for, wake, for waking <laughs> people up. Yeah, but and people are saying that. People are saying they're after him, and it's just because he's he's played his part, and he's, you know, he's. I mean, some of the crazy stuff I've seen from some of these people, who, what they believe, and it's just you it's just madness. I think it's really simple. I think he's got actually quite a good American audience as well, and his yes, his age yes. range is from twenty to forty, and that's a big threat to Democrats because that's usually who votes for Democrats. I think yeah. it's really that simple. I think he's. I mean, let's be honest. Even by his own admission, he was a bit of a he was a bit of a bastard when he was younger, yeah. um, and he had, he had his problem. Um, but he he was always self admitted. He never hid away from that. And you know, to get to six point six, by the way, apparently that that's that's a giveaway that he's a shill that they allowed him oh, to get to. Six. I know, I know, I know. Whoa! So two months ago, when he was six point five, he wasn't a shill. <laughs> Well, apparently it's because he happens to be at 6.6 is, is when they've closed his YouTube account or demonetized him or whatever. Oh, okay, that's, but, um, yeah. Okay. I know, I know. But, but this is this is the kind of crap that I see every day, you know. So he's, um, he's so yeah, so for me, he, he had 6.6 million subscribers. I've watched that grow from when I started, you know, kind of tuning into him. It was at like four point something. And that that's within less than a year. So in less than a year, he's gained over 2 million subscribers on youtube and you're right i read the comments and a lot of them are from america as well and i think he's he's put the fear of god into them i think he's you know there's that that famous video of him now where he's on i don't know some late night chat show thing in america where he um what's his name that guy is it bill meyer or something yeah bill 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 meyer yeah and and he, he comes out with these kind of facts about how COVID created billionaires from the pharmaceutical business and all of that. And things that you just cannot argue with. You cannot argue with that. Now, if he's a shill, um, fine, but he's still telling the truth. And just like David Icke is supposedly a shill, but David Icke is responsible for waking up millions of people. And um, so if he is a shill, then fine, but they, they can't they can't be happy with him 
question. Well, <laughs> the, the problem, the problem with that is, then you're paranoid about everybody, and you don't. You, the, who will you listen to? Um, I don't know yeah. if he's a shill. I think he's authentically. Um, I would have said he was a shill when he was in Hollywood and in his high addiction and sex addiction stage, yes. which is what, what they're trying to target right now. Yes. That's his weakness. And I would have called him a shill then. I mean, what we really have is we have a global, the thing about the globalist culture we have is it's empty. It's void. It's based on consumerism. Now they want to totally control everything and there's not a lot to it. And young people are so empty. That's why they're going. That's why over this past century, we've been going to communism. They've been mm. going to fascism because they, they killed God. And now people are empty and no one's feeding them any kind of mystical, any kind of importance in the, in the universe, any kind of community where they go to their church and they feel they belong and they're looking for it. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah. I think you've, you've kind of just encapsulated the whole conversation there with one comment, you know, that, <laughs> but people feel like they, they need a purpose. They need a reason. And that manifests itself in um, what's been, become to be known as identity politics yeah. and you know well i'm left and i'm right and i'm uh, i'm a brexiteer and i'm a an anti-brexiteer and all of this and what happens with identity politics is you get pigeonholed so for example i voted for brexit i wanted us to leave the european union um but apparently that makes me a right-wing uh, racist football hooligan um who wants any black or brown person dead. And you couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. <laughs> um, same with all of us who are now, who are mega. We just yeah, want a strong yes, country, yes. a good community, yeah. good jobs, not all this taxes. Yeah. We want all the corrupt people out of government, but now we're racist, bigots, crazy, hillbilly <laughs> hicks, and all the whole list. That's exactly right. And that's identity politics for you. And, you know, same as on the left. If you're on the left, then you're a, a feminist, transgender, hippie, um, kind of just stop oil type person. That's how they're portrayed. But I've got plenty of friends who swing towards that way, and they are none of that. You know, yeah. they are just a normal, a normal person who just happens to have a different opinion to me, and that's great. You know, the world needs people with different opinions. Um, so th these, these people, they need a purpose. And, of course, the, 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 those that really run the world know this. And it's this kind of divide and conquer, and and it's happened for for millennia, hasn't it? You know that the, you're brown and I'm white. You you worship a different god to to what I worship, so we need to have a fight. Um, it's it's not it it's just not that black and white. The world isn't so black and white, and and it's mainly grey. And but if you watch the news and if you listen to the mainstream media, and again, if even if you listen to the truthers. Everybody's being pigeonholed depending on a particular version of their beliefs or their perception. So once they realized that we need a purpose, then it becomes easy to divide us. They give us that purpose. But again, going back to what I said previously, our purpose could be so much better. You know, our purpose could be to homeschool our children. Our purpose could be uh, one of my friends has recently started what he calls a forest school where he, um, he has children come from schools every day of the week and he teaches them how to um, forage in, in the woods and how to light a fire and how to oh, wow. camp and all of this stuff. So, and he's one of the guys that's kind of like, I can't be, I don't want to be in this game anymore. I'm going to rise above it. So that's where he's putting his energy now. And how fantastic is that? 
You know, he's... he's Children so, need that kind of education. They don't need to be educated that there's 500 unicorn genders. 100%. Do you think how they much that's... reality. Yeah. Yeah, that, and, and they, that, that's life skills that they wouldn't get taught in school. And so just by doing something that is incredibly um, precious to these children, he's basically telling the system to go and fuck itself. And he's doing that without, you know, arguing with, with people on Facebook, without all, all of this stuff that we've already been through. He, he's, he, yeah, he's, he's, he's simply just not playing the game. And, and I genuinely believe that we could all find purpose in our lives if we, Here, if we did this. Question. Here's one question I have. So I choose, like, I'm not going to play the game, and I'm doing something here in America, and I'm trying, and I got the IRA at my door. They're armed. They're arming them. Eighty-seven thousand. Suddenly, the government becomes aware. Someone reports me because they see me doing it. Like, like that could be a possibility. And that, I mean, that's yeah. how it went. Nazi Germany. Yeah, I know. Reporting everybody yeah. for hiding Jewish people or for being Jewish or for you know <laughs> crazy stuff like that. Yeah, and and again, I, I mean, uh, that is a it's a possible reality. That's something that could definitely manifest itself in the future, uh, mm -hmm. and it's something that has manifested itself in the past, as you as you've just brought up there. Um, uh, it's difficult because part of me doesn't think that will ever happen, and and I know you you probably have listeners who are probably screaming now that but it's going to happen. It's going it, to happen. It could. It, mean, it's it could if we let it. If we re if we all yes. don't wake up and stop being ridiculous and mind our own business and don't report our neighbors for something Precisely. that's not really an ethical crime or against Precisely. the law. Yeah. But the way yeah. that happens is by by improving your community, isn't it? And the way yeah. that happens is by is by having um, talking to your neighbors, talking to your neighbors, yes, and and finding some some middle ground with them. I mean, I um, since we last spoke, I've moved out to the, to the countryside. Um, Mainly just to get away from people. <laughs> um, so I, I now <laughs> I now live in a, li a little village, um, but but the community is fantastic. It is brilliant, and um, they're mainly um, conservative voters. Um, they're mainly kind of stuck up, uh, as in you know posh and um, a, a bit kind of. I guess they are racist to a degree. Some of them because they live out in the country and they, they're not really used to a multicultural society. I don't um, know that that makes them racist. Um, yeah, some of the things I've heard in the pub, Melissa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, my neighbours, I've got, I've got neighbours and they are two of the best people I have ever met. And they, you know, I mow the lawn for them when I'm cutting my grass. They bring me bread from the local market. And you just think, how brilliant is that? You know, yet where I lived before, your neighbour wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire, you know? Well, it, it and I think care. that that actually highlights where the centre of the problems are. It's in these sort of global, massive urban cities where a lot yes. of these big corporations are pumping stuff out. And a lot of people don't realise that they, they go, you're a Nazi, this a Nazi. You can't get more Nazi than a corporation and a government <laughs> tied together. That is literally the definition of fascism. Is when Absolutely. a corporation literally in, in, incorporates the government and they're working together to do mass control. Yes, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And you're right; it's the people that are essentially living in the rat race, and the system has you having to live in the rat race. One of my arguments my dad used to have with me before he kind of woke up was, "Well, if you if if you stop playing the game, 
you'll be you'll find yourself waking up in a shop doorway because you're you you know if you quit your job how are you going to pay your rent or your mortgage and if you can't pay your mortgage you get kicked out of your house if you get kicked out of your house you're homeless and you're sleeping in a shop doorway so to a degree you have to still play the game right and and he's absolutely right of course he is but like i've already said there are certain ways you can rebel and just kind of going back to this this community that i've kind of found myself living in now um you know that they, they all they all help each other. We have a, a yearly village pantomime that everybody participates in. We have village fates that everybody goes to. And there are people that don't have the same opinions. I mean, we had a, God, um, <laughs> a jubilee party for the for the Queen um, in the village hall. And the lady that was organising it is, an, is a pure, stout Republican. And um, I said to her, well, why are you doing it then? And she said, well, no one else will. And the village needs a party. And it's like, how good is that? Yeah. Like, you know, stepped she up. stepped up for the sake of making sure that the community had a good had a good day, you know? And, I mean, I went, I didn't sing the national anthem, but I went along because there was free cake and free alcohol. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's one of those where, I just couldn't see that happening in, in other areas, you know, where, well, no, I, I don't agree with that and I'm not going to do it. And I, I, I just feel like we need to move away from identity politics. We need to realise that we're all one. We're all one consciousness. Um, and there are so much better things you could be doing with your time and your energy um, that could benefit yourself, your family, um, and your community. And, and to me, that's what, that's what matters now. Like not being divided, what matters is coming together and putting those differences to one side. In fact, embracing those differences, you know, mm-hmm. uh, allowing you could learn something from someone that might have a different opinion to you. If you could allow yourself to be open-minded, you could learn something. And I found this in, in the in the paranormal and the UFO world. You know, just because someone doesn't agree agree with my theory or uh, I I don't agree with their theory, they might have a particular puzzle piece that fits mine if i sit and listen to them but we're we're in the mindset where we're not we don't even bother sitting and listening to them we just ignore them or we have an argument with them and i I feel we should be sitting and listening so like with them when you you, i'm going to use david ike as reference because he's one of the you know well he's one of the first one of the earliest who was calling out a lot of this um and he's talking about thought frequencies and feelings and i always got the sense that the elites that are manipulating us it's not it's not it's thoughts but the frequencies is about feelings and they want us in the fear isolated and afraid that frequency that's where the controlling happens that's where you get crazy and you do crazy things and you allow you're allowed to be controlled but david ike talks about something a little more even spookier and creepier which is almost let that they're demonic they come from some other place how do you Um, feel about that how do you feel about that kind of notion well, I, I agree with it to an extent. Uh, so he talks about the, I think he calls them the Archons, and, and it's it's essentially the, this, these reptilian overlords that people often um, cite that he talks about. Um, the, the way he he explains it, very briefly, for those that, that aren't aware, he, he, discu- he discusses how they, they operate on an alternate frequency, and um, they feed off our frequency, they feed off the negative energy, the lower vibrational energy, 
and that is created by war and famine and fear and disease and everything that kind of keeps you sat at home scared about living they feed off that and because they can't directly come into this reality they can't vibrate on this frequency they use people certain people within our reality in order to carry out their deeds and those people are he calls them um a, a basically a particular bloodline so the royal family or, or the Rothschilds or or whoever and the reason that these families interbreed is because they need to keep that blood pure because that's what enables these entities to come in and interact within our world through them and if the if the bloodline dilutes too much then they will lose that ability to have these people these these um entities use them and of course in in exchange for being used they get given wealth and power and and whatnot in the world now is that true i don't know is it a metaphor possibly the, what worries me is there are people in positions of power that do believe in these entities you know this kind of satanic ritualistic um environment that that we see politicians involved in that we see Hollywood involved in that we see um, the music industry that they, they always have these kind of symbols these hand gestures and lyrics these words they, they, they obviously they obviously worship some kind of entity some kind of negative entity be that reptilian Satan Lucifer whatever they, they worship something whether that entity is actually real or not in my mind doesn't matter what matters is that these people believe that it's real. Yeah, well, and they could it, create it. Well, oh, yes. I mean, if we go back to what we spoke about with the manifesting of the hauntings, absolutely. But what these people do in in the name of this entity that they believe exists, um, that's the scary part, isn't it? Because yeah. whether the entity exists or not, so, you know, whether, I don't know, uh, a serial killer, whether a serial killer actually heard someone in his head or not, it doesn't matter. What matters is he thought he did and he went out and killed a bunch of people. And it's the same here. Whether this entity exists or not doesn't matter. It's the fact that these people in positions of power or fame or whatever, they do believe it. And what it's what they're willing to do in order to um, honour that belief. Well, and what's interesting is, and I think I think this uh, the reason it's gone under control is because most people have not listen to the Bible, not and even some Christians is, and I'm a graphic designer. So when I heard this, I heard Jordan Pearson talking about this is that you're not supposed to worship an icon or a logo. And these companies, they have these creepy, they have their stuff branded everywhere, but people don't understand there could be some kind of really bad meaning behind it. And we're wearing it all over us. And it's yes. this idea that, that you're worshiping something that is not God and that would be them, and they could have some weird ritual behind it that they believe that they're bringing something in. Maybe they are, and and yeah. and you'll see these phases. That's why I got out of interviewing people on the occult because most of the people, when I ran a paranormal um, podcast, I started to realize that okay, I, we can talk about this stuff, but a lot of these people I'm in with are they're not well. There's something really <laughs> wrong with them, and um, and I'm gonna not be. I was starting to not be well by having to research that stuff just to interview them whether it was on Alistair Crowley or something there's something wrong with these people and they're really sick and we're sitting here with their logos all over us 
and everywhere yeah, I, and we're worshiping icons and we're not supposed to because that's not actually god that's not actually whatever the energy is in the universe i believe that that stuff is actually plugging up our connection to something that's higher and better speaking absolutely and, and and but what you've just done there and i agree with everything that you've just said because what you've just done there is you've by by and large kind of come around to the same conclusion that i've been saying throughout this whole interview mm-hmm. in that where, where these people are giving their energy to the occult and you were, you were feeling that it was bringing you down that negative mm-hmm. energy. Now you could almost argue that we have a, a, um, a COVID cult at the moment. We have a conspiracy cult. We, you know, we have these people that, you know, go out and they listen to their favorite truth or podcaster. They go and listen to their favorite, um, politician or they, they go and pick their favorite, um, actor to watch their films or whatever. Um, by, by allowing yourself to be drawn into that energy 24-7, um, it's going to have a negative impact on you. And so whether you're worshipping the occult, researching the occult, or researching conspiracies and, 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 and you know, consuming your time there, um, it's going to have that kind of impact. Because if you sit all day, every day, and look at things like um, globalisation, the WEF, um, child trafficking, sex trafficking, um, paedophilia within the higher, um, you know, the higher ends of society, um, chemtrails. Um, if you sat and looked at this all day, every day, with, that would depress you. Yeah. And some people are there, Melissa, you know, some people are doing this every single day and they end up in this echo chamber. And all I'm trying to say, just like you noticed it with your cult, and you thought, I've got to stop doing this because it's kind of, you know, it's bringing me well, down. It's- I wasn't an occultist, but when you interview occultists multiple times a week, yeah, because yeah, it yeah. started out as folklore, but when you have these people coming on because it's popular and you start getting into it and you have to research it, I mean, it starts appearing everywhere around you. Yeah, it just absolutely. comes to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I would argue it's the same. With, with, with conspiracies and stuff and of course have an eye on it and i still do because you need to know what's going on in the world you need to know how they're manipulating you you need to know what their next move is so you can stay one step ahead of course yeah but it doesn't mean that you should your whole life should be consumed by it and 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 as i've said a million times already on on this interview there's better ways to to, to, to use your time and energy but I'm kind of glad you've just made that point because um, it, it's it, it's absolutely it's, correct what you said it's back to Nietzsche when he says look when you stare at the abyss it's it's going to stare back at you <laughs> you know, yeah. don't, you know yeah. when you hunt monsters you know be careful because but, 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 it's, it's going to look back into you and hunt when you, you. you know, <laughs> when, when you when you go ghost hunting and you create your own reality, you know, if if it, I'm sure I've said to you on a previous interview, if, if you want the Virgin Mary only ever appears to people that believe in the Virgin Mary, you know, she never appears to anyone else. And if you want to go out and find Bigfoot, you'll find evidence of Bigfoot, you know, whether it's real or not, you'll in your mind you'll find evidence of Bigfoot. If you want to go out and find a ghost, you'll find evidence of a ghost. And if you want to go out and find conspiracies, you will go out and find conspiracies, you know? Right. So right. just like staring into the abyss and having it stare back at you, staring into a bunch of negativity is going to bring negativity into your life. And, you know, it's, it's how do you deal with that? How, how do you, how do you um, kind of absorb that 
the the information that you need to know in order to survive, in order to, like I say, stay one step ahead of the game. How do you absorb that and not let it um, drown you, really? Yeah, it's well. I think I think, and I had this suggest suggested for anyone who was researching the paranormal is you got to have balance. Where, you, like you said, you spend some time doing that, but then you have to go out and do your gardening and spend time yeah. with your family. You have to have a balance. You can't just saturate yourself with it all the time. Now, I was listening to David Ike, and he was talking about how. Well, I want to switch this because this is really important because we're all locked in right now. We're talking on the internet. It's like its own little. New world that's being yes. created and it's 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 false it's a fake sort of it's not natural it's not um you know it's not organic and he's saying that there's a place where they literally collect everything on us that's replicating something that might be real like where there's a a place when you die where there's god and you have to relive everything you did or something like that he's saying that's kind of what's happening here it's like a collection of i don't know some people might call it uh, some kind of archive or some kind of um young had a name for a collective consciousness or something but this what they're doing here on the internet is like a faux version of that they're kind of they understand how consciousness runs and where it goes with god and they're kind of creating like a faux like I don't know, collective where everything's kept yeah. on us, but it's not like a loving, forgiving God that says it's okay. You, you know, whatever. It's like this authoritarian, crazy people who are going to use it yeah. to abuse us. Yeah. I mean, I think at the, at the very lowest um, explanation, I think the internet is just great for mining data, isn't it? You know, getting people's, you know what? What do data companies? You know, people call this kind of data. They call it gold, don't they? You know, because they have all of our psychoanalysis data. They all have all of our um, spending habits. They have all of our um, uh, other habits. You know, what we look at, what we watch, who we talk to, what we do, how long we spend doing it, what we buy. They have all of that information on us. Um, and if that's going to be used to create some kind of, you know ultimate reality for us it's a soul trap like they're trapping us in some kind yeah. of thing so we can never move on i think that's what it what he says yeah and and, and and i can i can i can get on board with that i mean even to a point where it, it traps us because we spend so much time on it scrolling through it mindlessly you know hours on end scrolling through social media and um so in a, it, it's physically it's trapped us hasn't it you know in this world it it's kind of enslaved us. Yeah, but it, but the, the idea is like it's I don't know if it's mimicking a god, but it's more like maybe oh we have a request someone's requesting okay. who's requesting all purpose heretic I'm gonna bring someone on they're requesting to talk we'll sure. bring them in I'll say hello I, I, I don't really know how this works this is all new okay. People can request to speak, so we've talked long enough, and it's connecting with them, so we'll, we'll hopefully he'll get on All-Purpose Heretic. Okay. All-Purpose Heretic, you are in. Is there something you wanted to add to the conversation? I do for that, but uh, I suppose I could. <laughs> it's okay. Go ahead. Well, I mean, uh, how many of you all saw the uh, Neil Oliver, uh, we need a revolution sort of speech? And the uh, subsequent, I guess, it was something like four hours he did as a uh, as a spaces just after that. 
I didn't, no. Oh, you didn't. I would encourage everybody to give that a watch. It might get harder and harder to uh, see. But, uh, yeah, it sort of struck a chord. It got something like a million uh, views uh, shortly after he had posted it. Now, granted, that wasn't even its original broadcast home. It's not like he went on X and just recorded a video of himself saying we need a revolution. It was actually him saying it on, uh, I believe, uh, Sky News. So, uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately for uh, sticking his neck out, he's sort of become the face of <laughs> whatever whatever uh, uh, thought process we have uh, against, um, you know, insulating ourselves against this. I didn't hear any talk about banks or their role in this. Um, which mm -hmm. is sort of disturbing to me. I mean, that sort of, it should be common knowledge. You should be able to hit somebody over the head with the stuff. And for me, one thing that just generally speaking kind of wakes people up is that I just say, how, how hard is it for you to get this? Government borrows a bunch of, but government has no money, borrows it all from a uh, nebulous, scary bank, and sticks us with a tab. That's it. You know, you could say it in less than 30 seconds. And when people actually, that's not true. You know, they have this natural sort of antibody resistance to repel facts from going into their little heads wrapped around, some, you know, encased in concrete. And you have to sort of make them uh, deal with this fundamental reality. They generally speaking will surround themselves, go back to sleep, sit on it a couple of years, mull on it, and then it takes them a long time for them to actually get there. But they actually do get there. I was the same way. You just parsed it out really simply, and that's exactly how it happens. Well, you know, I'm getting better at red-pilling people. I'm not very good at it myself, to be honest. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're, we're slight. we have this elite group of politicians that have got into control, and they take out loans, and they disperse it wherever most of it now isn't even helping us it's helping whatever their global plans are and we're stuck with the bill plus interest. I, I encourage everybody to uh, check out the Solari report and Catherine Austin Fitz who's a former deputy secretary of HUD and she's pointed out for years that she was brought in just to be an accountant and balance books and do boring things and she was fascinated by the fact that nobody seem to want their books balanced and uh she'd be like well this is two billion dollars in the red and they'd say well we, we don't mind i leave that alone and so it ended up being looking into the pentagon's black budget it ended up being a lot of this but there's you know just a, a money laundering portion of this whole thing and i don't know when for her she came about the realization that the whole thing is just a gigantic scam, for, you know, it just basically uh, these government organizations, these, uh, these what we think of as arteries filled with public servants, um, they, they get something of a, you know, akin to a blank check, and they're able to uh, just, you know, perpetuate massive amounts of fraud because the usual bean counters and uh, uh, people that are meant to be uh, giving oversight to this are basically being paid off to look the other way. And she has something that she says to also sort of sum up the whole thing. She says, well, basically, if I have a neighbor, right, and my neighbor is allowed to print their own money, <laughs> to basically manufacture their own dollar bills, they're allowed to counterfeit, 
and I, I'm, I don't have that ability, and I'm at the behest of demand, and I need to go to work every morning, and I make a certain amount of finite money, and they just get as much as they want. It goes to show that eventually, at the end of the, you know, whatever time it takes, they're going to own everything in town. You know, that's the common sense. So, you know, it's it's hard to reach people with this common sense. I find most people, you know, there's yeah. a lot of people that still well, have heads filled with chowder. <laughs> well, we, we talked about doing, like, an alternative sort of our parallel co- economy. Like, what would be the solution for that? I mean, it's so vast. It's like a big, giant money laundering scheme. That's, it's, it's hard for people to look. I think people go back to sleep because it's hard for them to look at that and deal with it. Because they're like, well, how do you solve that? Like, they don't even know how to even go about that. Yeah, there's a movement, there's some kind of parallel economy. Oops, am I still on? Right. You are. There's a, there's, a, uh, there's a parallel economy movement called, oh, darn, I'm trying to remember, Freedom Cell Network. There's one to check out. Um, I am not sure who the organizers are, but uh, they have, like, these little cells in each locality i mean basically if you're near you know any any major city will probably have a little freedom cell bunch of people and they basically have these little potlucks that they try and organize uh i've lost contact with mine there used to be one local to where i am but uh i don't know i i just found this sort of apathy that's kind of set in so i yeah i mean um if if everybody's interested in growing their own food um, creating some kind of network where they can basically reliably trade in things like silver and stuff. This is the time to start doing it <laughs> because there's not much right. time left. Well, thank you very much for that. That was um, excellent. And it's good to, to just say it straight and how it's yeah, happening. And, <laughs> and it's, it's really devious. Freedom Cell Network is the name of the organization. I have no idea who's involved with it or whether or not, you know, it's taking off in any particular area versus where it's not taking off, which is in my area. Uh, for what it's worth, I live near Washington, D.C. Um, George Soros owns the building I work out of, and uh, we pay to uh, we pay rent to an organization that used to be it's sort of a spinoff, but it uh, used to be owned by the Rothschild family. Wow. Yeah. Lucky I you. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right. Kieran, are you still there? Uh, yeah. Thank sorry, you. I was just getting a, getting a drink. No, 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 no problem. All right. Well, that was really interesting information. I, I'm glad he kind of phrased it like that. Cause, I mean, we have to remember the government, the government and the banks and the corporations are, you know, this is what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole point about, you know, um, money and how money is created and how, um, you know, the, thin air. <laughs> the, the, well, yeah, out of thin air, yeah, and the fact that the banks lend money to the government mean the government are in the hands of the banks, which means the banks are the ones that really run the country. Um, and, 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 you know, you, you talk about what's, what's the, an alternative economy. I mean, the, the problem is, is if we started to trade in oranges and use oranges to buy and sell things with, someone would just amass a huge amount of oranges and you would have orange billionaires. <laughs> um, so I, think, I, think, I think the point I'm trying to make is that it doesn't matter what kind of um, format you go with, eventually you will end up where we are now. 
because it's the system itself that is corrupt. And the, there's an argument that's been put forward um, by several people about, well, who, you know, who, who, if we get rid of these people in power, which is, let's be honest, most of our um, ambitions, you know, that we don't have these governments r ruling us. If we were to get rid of them, then who replaces them? Um, because if yeah. we were to completely topple the system, and let, let's use my village, every village has someone that runs the village, you know? So we have a guy called Nigel. And if Nigel was to leave, everyone has a problem with Nigel. He's, he's a bit power hungry. He's a bit, he likes to be in control of the village. And everyone has a problem with that. And if he was to leave, I guarantee the person that next stepped into his shoes would eventually end up like Nigel. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what exactly what happened with the Russian Revolution. They got rid of one tyrant. You know, they weren't happy with their monarchy, and some yes. other crazy, hungry, maybe even worse, showed yeah. up. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 that's the thing. So. I'm not saying, you know, better the devil you know and we should stick with what we've got. Absolutely not. What I'm saying is that, again, as I've already mentioned, it's just not so black and white. Yeah, because there's um, always... Um, the thing about our society our society is, I mean, we're suppo it's supposed to be merit-based where we can work our way up to the job based on our achievement, but yeah. you have so many psychopaths and they'll do whatever it takes to get to the top. You've got a lot of people who are really manipulative and they can have these megalomaniac, dark triad personalities and they'll take everybody out just, you know, and, and when they get to a certain amount of power, they might even start off as nice people, but once they get so much power, it goes to their head and they yeah, can turn into tyrants. This is it. And so, you know, the, as I say, whoever replaces Nigel, using him as a metaphor, will end up just like Nigel, um, yeah. eventually. And it might, might not be straight away, but, but, but they will. And, do we you know, as the, people, do we play a part in that? Because Nigel can't end up like Nigel or the other guy can't. Are we interacting and allowing them, like, is it like a unknowing and unconscious sort of activity between the leader and the followers? Yeah, I, I genuinely believe so. It's that game, isn't it? It's the game that we're talking about. You know, these these people only have as much power that, than, than we let them. You know, it, it, can you imagine if, if they rolled out the vaccine program, for example, and every single person in, in, in England or the UK just said, nah, not going to bother with that. Like, it's not for me, mate. Not going to bother. What would they do? Like yes, they could say, "Well, you're not allowed to fly, and you can't go to the football, and you can't." And we and we just all said, "Okay, fine, we can live with that." What would they do? Yeah. So we, well, the thing is, is they don't just the roll out the vaccine first. They roll out a whole other shit of fear first, and then oh, they yes, roll out course. the vaccine. Of course, right? it's the um, they, they they it's the problem reaction solution, isn't it? They they have mm -hmm. to give you a they have to, have to give you a reason to go and buy their product, essentially. Um, you know, people don't just go and buy an iPhone, they go and buy an iPhone after months and months of marketing. Um, it was the same, it was the same with the vaccine, months and months of marketing a virus and, and here's the product, go and buy it. Like I was saying originally, that's where they couldn't make you move in, that's where the manipulation is in propaganda, yes. media, that's yes. how yes. they motivate. That's literally like your magical spell. <laughs> In the occult. Yeah. It's in yeah, marketing. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of one that I wanted to get to the core of is what's motivating this, what's making us move. And it's almost like a spell. Like marketing is propaganda. Propaganda is really cleverly crafted, a crafted spell to make us afraid and do things. Well, again, you know, when, as I mentioned at the start, when, 
when you know how reality works and you know how 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 this this reality is created and how we operate as as players within that re- within that game um, once you know how how all of that works then it becomes incredibly easy to manipulate and it, it's similar here you know they 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 i mean during covid we had what what's called the 77th brigade within the uk government who were it was essentially a department of people that we used to um track people's behavior and track people's responses to how that how we were receiving the news and the and the daily shit that they were putting out about covid and that would then feed back to the government say look you know they're not really buying this new variant or look they're not really you know they're, they're shitting themselves with this one like you, you, you so they were put there to gauge our body language our behavior our reaction and that that's the same across the board not not just with that you know christ that adverts like you can't watch a tv program now without adverts constantly you know you try to watch a uh, a sport game and it's just adverts you try to watch a youtube video and it's adverts it's just bombarding you constantly so imagine that marketing type campaign but on almost a campaign for your mind <laughs> a campaign for your body which is essentially what, what what they've been doing so basically this i mean they've been doing this over years you know first with newspapers magazines television movies vcrs vhs now it's the internet yep. now it's social media so basically they've literally infiltrated our homes with all this technology in order to do this and i i, I don't want to be like some crazy lunatic sounding person but it sounds like we have to pull it all out of our homes absolutely and, and you know if i could i would i would go and live off grid um and completely disconnect from it all um but as my dad said it, it's difficult you've got to you've got to have one foot in the game if you kind of want to survive um and i've got friends that do i've got friends that, that are completely and utterly off grid and they're, they're very happy um and if i didn't have a three-year-old child to fit to think about and keep you know warm and fed um I'd, i would i would probably leap at the, at the opportunity um but so I have to find different ways to, to disconnect right. from Right, you're going to have to maneuver from it and, like we said, do it in balance. You know, when, you remember, like, you had, like, the witch hunts and witch burnings, witch hangings back in <laughs> yeah. the day with the great witch hunt. A lot, What a lot of people don't realize is, you know, the the sort of witch finder general type people they were in the villages for a while trying to like convince the the yeah. you know the pastors they were yeah. trying to do that for a long time and it never stuck everyone said get the hell out of here you're crazy <laughs> like no one bought it and you know what changed it it's always technology the printing press showed up and they were able to yeah. print their fear on the pamphlets yep. and leave the pamphlets in the villages so even when they weren't there their message and their propaganda was and that's essentially what we're doing with all this technology so even though they're not here all the time it's still here and that and it and it and the more people see that they start getting afraid and then one per- it's like that's how we know we're all connected is when one person gets afraid another one and it once it goes past like a 15 20 percent i think that's the golden number it just goes boom and next thing everyone's afraid that's exactly how mega spread or any of those things like it, it gets past a certain point and it's just it's like freaking compound interest it just doesn't stop <laughs> i think we again absolutely spot on if someone just turned up into a village and started burning a woman at the stake the whole village would go absolutely mad and say what what the hell are you doing that you know they, they needed to convince 
these people, why they were going to burn this woman at the stake. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and they do that through narratives and stories because we love stories. We see our lives in stories. Yes. Uh, yeah. and I, I, re I really want to bring this round to um, that, that group I've mentioned that I, I run uh, monthly. We had a guy, uh, please do look him up, uh, called Carl James. And he... He does a lot of look uh, research into sim symbolism within um, sci-fi films, within with, well, just within films and music, really in general. And he kind of picks out the symbolism and talks about it and, and stuff. Um, and he came and did a, a very good presentation around the um, War of the World broadcast mm -hmm. and the original one. And he, I think that the the talk was called something like uh, an exercise in fear. And he, he, he argued the point that, you know, bearing in mind, this was really the first time that they could reach people's homes, you know, through the radio or whatever. And, and it was the, f the first time that they could have a whole nation listening to the same story at one time. And they, they used it as an exercise to see how can we manipulate people's feelings, people's thoughts, people's actions. And so they sent this kind of, you know, this was the Orson Wells, and they they broadcast it into people's homes, and they they told people that the, the world was being invaded, yeah, yeah, and 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 then what happened subsequently after? Well, I mean, he goes into great detail about how all the people that were connected with that the um, the broadcasting of that were all funded by the Rockefeller Foundation, um, and he 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 bring he yeah, I mean, some really good research there. Um, Anyway, the um, what happened after the broadcast was that the media started to report uh, several million of people had committed suicide, uh, an X amount of number of people were fleeing their homes during the broadcast because they were genuinely concerned that the world was being invaded, um, people were um, quitting their jobs, people were burning belongings. Uh, all of this stuff supposedly was happening. We went crazy and hoarded toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did, um, but lots of people did. <laughs> but, the, but, but the point, the, the, the point that he made, and and and, and I want to bring, I actually want to bring this round to COVID because he did, and it was great. The point that he made was actually statistically, with all the research that has been done since, that was a lie. Yeah, and the number of people that actually reacted negatively which they wanted to, to they, they basically wanted to tell everybody we broadcast this thing and it caused mass panic when actually the figures were um, substantially lower than what the media were saying um, so it was it's almost like by convincing the media that they'd created sorry by convincing the public that they had created panic the public then went out and created that panic themselves and this brings comes all the way back around to what I was saying near the start, where people that they plant the seed. So look at this COVID thing, for example. Now I've seen three news stories roughly about it, but I'm seeing it everywhere on my social media from the from the Trufa movement. So they've planted the seed, one little story, one little news article, and now everyone is kicking off about it, and they're now creating that reality. They're the ones creating the panic, not the media. Yeah. They're doing it themselves. So when you just mentioned toilet paper. <laughs> yes, I saw. I saw a. Nobody saw a even told of, them to hoard toilet paper, but they no, did. No, no. Why it was toilet? I don't know. Now <laughs> I can't speak for everyone, but not once did I ever see with my own eyes somebody hoarding toilet paper. Oh, really? I did. I worked my, in Costco my, though. Costco oh, yes, was you the did. You worked, in, crazy. Worked, you worked at Costco. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like 
as um, we, we did. We, I was like, what is going on? I couldn't even figure it out. We um we never had trouble getting toilet paper to be honest. Um, but that again, how much of it is just the media spinning that you know? Oh yeah. And and and, and so the media say, oh, everyone's panicking. Everyone's going out and buying toilet paper now. At that moment, and everybody time, goes and buys toilet paper because they exactly. think there's not going to be any left. Exactly. Yes. And at that time, nobody was going out really and panic buying toilet paper. They might have just found one store where yeah. they'd sold an excessive amount of toilet paper, ran with the story, and then everybody goes out and feeds that panic themselves. And that is what um, the War of the Worlds broadcast did. Wow. And that is what that's what it taught the the powers that be. Uh, wow, we can we can do this, and then yep. the moment they move from radio to um, television, and of course when newspapers didn't weren't so local, i.e., n- newspapers could be shipped around the country. Therefore, um, yeah. so you can create more mass radio, panic. You can create a more mass mm-hmm. more mass panic, and and, and, and that's exactly what happened. And now it's the internet, yeah. and and, so, and 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 the next technology that comes along, it will be that as well. We got all-purpose hair. T- well, they're gonna link shit in our brains. I ain't getting that shit in my brains. That chips, no, not happening. All-purpose heretic would like to come on and do a little okay. uh, comment again. So I'm gonna bring him back in. Welcome. You can now speak. <laughs> and can he speakers? I don't me... know. I, it just says requested on my on my. Uh... Oh, there you go. Oh, he has to unmute himself. I'll make sure that I don't. Um... Sorry, if you were calling on me, I missed that bit. No, go ahead. I don't have that much to add, except that uh, I guess. Well, um, you know, I'm not going to go too much into where I work, but I mean, I do work in media, so I have seen <laughs> all sorts of spin and just garbage being passed off as actual fact and truth and. Um, one thing I, I can't say I know when something's true or false, but I can tell when someone's lying to me. I'm proud of my bullshit detector being rather strong, even if I can't necessarily point to the exact fact that some spinmeister and schlockmeister is trying to pass off as truth. Um, one really handy component of this, I think everybody really needs to understand the psychological... Well, okay, let me put it this way. The, the psychology of the normie works something like this. Well, if that was really true, they would have told me on the news. So, you know, they wouldn't have been able to pull anything like this off in the mid-90s when movies like Three Kings that were directly criticizing whatever role the United States played in the Gulf War, what they were really up to, and how there were just, you know, three uh, ridiculous uh, guys working for the uh, U.S. military that were trying to pull off a gold heist, you know, for example. That movie probably wouldn't even get made under today's circumstances because you just had to have a certain iota of critical thinking to be able to even, you know, that it wasn't really about what you were being told, but it's really about this had actually sort of crept into the mainstream. There's also a a movie by, that, that I think has Clive Owen in it called The Continental. It's just about the role of banks causing all of this, forgive my parlance, shit that we're dealing with. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, uh, you know, your average normie really needs to see it on the news in order to believe it. And uh, I, I guess when you were just talking about the uh, the toilet paper phenomenon and the way that that snowballed, <laughs> 
uh, you know, a, a big component of this is just high school behavior. You know, the people around me are doing this, so I need to do it too. Uh, yes. Well, we're herd, an we're herd animals. It's biological as well. Yes, but you can break people out of that. There's ways that you can, you can certainly make fun of them. You can certainly ridicule them, and it helps to have it. So, so, for example, Scott Adams was saying the minute that another company decides to pull out the COVID restrictions again and start doing masks up, you know, if it's, if it's an airline, whoever it happens to be, whoever, whoever it is that starts doing the top-down shit, like you have to do this or you're going to be fined or U.S. Marshals are going to pull you off the plane, you just basically have to decide. He, he said that a major company, I don't care if their intentions were actually good, I don't care if they were just, you know, going with whatever the government said, uh, they they must be bankrupted, and they must be bankrupted so bad. It's not just a bloody nose. We want to basically uh, yeah. make them go down so bad that nobody else looking at them will decide to do that. Um, well, and we've we've been manipulated in decades and decades, and I think this has been planned to trust authority figures and trust specialists kind of figures, and that's okay if the specialist is ruling on their own behalf or they actually have some a good intention, but if they're working on behalf of this totalitarian globalist, it's not okay. And that's why people are like, but the news told me. They don't understand what's that the news is compromised and that they're not they're working on behalf of a sinister sort of global narrative. They're not telling you the truth. They're not fact. They point their camera somewhere, they edit, and they write, rewrite a story. It's probably given to them by the CIA or something. They don't get that because they've been taught since they were little in school to trust authority figures. I think Kieran mentioned, uh, well, if somebody was burning a witch in the neighborhood, uh, you know, presumably somebody would come to the rescue and say, hey, what the hell are you doing? Uh, yeah. Not if it's Donald Trump. Uh, certainly there's enough well he's they've just spent years demonizing well, well, him That's not why. just that but I mean okay so I was in DC with a digital camera meant to try and get some glimpse of the motorcade or something like that for my organization uh, when he came to DC mm -hmm. and dealt with that um, there was a crowd that assembled as you could imagine and had a, almost sort of a surreal kind of uh, summer festival feel to it where lots of people had congregated and lots of people were suddenly selling t-shirts and paraphernalia and then the usual signs started to show up but then you know you had these guys with like beards and long greasy hair and stuff showing up and they weren't really causing trouble but they were there clearly it was like well we're protesting okay whatever then there's just these regular guys that are on the street and i i couldn't help but notice this guy in his girlfriend you know young young african-american couple and they had this look of glee and i said which are you are you are you a fan or are you uh, here to uh, you know uh, basically deride and uh, watch the guy go out in tar and feathers and he's like oh we're here for the tar and feathers he says with a big grin and i'm just like i realized that if they were literally putting this guy in a vat of hydrochloric acid, you would get cheers from the audience. That's the level of delusion that they've been sort of frenzied into. So, you know, yeah. it, it is helpful to realize the depths of this. It's also helpful to, you know, I just I just did a $3,000 hypnosis course and learning, um, I've always encouraged people to learn NLP just to know how they're being influenced by certain choices of words. Very good point to point out NLP, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, NLP is nothing special. I mean, 
for the most part, NLP is just a, a branding term that Richard Bandler used. Um, mm-hmm. But he was working with a linguist, so in order for him to, I guess, sell it <laughs> to somebody that was a linguist by uh, trade, and you know, getting he was trying to build the, this linguist was trying to build on the idea that language is innate, and Chom- uh, Noam Chomsky had worked on that and so forth. And so this mathematician that looked at this is just like, well, I, you know, I, I kind of want to have a product to sell in the future. He, he kind of has that kind of voice. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, most of the uh, stuff that's in quote unquote NLP is this repackaged hypnosis, um, Ericksonian hypnosis, the so-called Eric, uh, Milton model is what they call it in NLP when you're doing what looks like to other people, Jedi mind tricks. When you say something like, well, uh, I don't know what it is about me. Uh, I don't know what it is about working together with me that makes you feel more and more excited. But as that's taking place, I just want you to say that uh, I don't know if you have any questions, but if you happen to have any questions that naturally rise as a result of a decision that's about to be made, please ask. You know, something like that that embeds a whole lot of like, you know, suppositions and things like that. In Jim Acosta's case, he doesn't really need it because this is the weight of the network is behind him. He can go ahead and suggest that Trump had uh, supported neo-Nazis. Just by saying it, no one's going to sue his ass. They should. There should be a tidal wave of lawsuits every single time a reporter, um, you know, starts saying some propaganda shit. Uh, the Smith Modernization Act that uh, Obama signed into law allows, uh, you know, media organizations and the U.S. government to uh, just blanket the airwaves with propaganda with impunity, and no one's able to really do anything about it. But they should at least know that they're being lied to. Another thing is that, okay, uh, this is, I'm, I'm going to keep rambling if I just keep going, so I want everybody to have a chance to speak, or anybody who wants to, but I was going to say that I was in a punk uh, music store in Washington, D.C., and um, it was fascinating that there was a, there was, you know, sort of a bulletin board where local bands and people can talk about whatever they want to talk about. And one of them said, you know, it was just a sign that said something like, make sure to mask up or something like that. And I'm like, you bunch of miserable sots used to be countercultural. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, so one of the things, right. that, one of the ingredients of this whole thing that you've got to take mind of is the fact that they've completely co-opted counterculture and made it this whole, like, I'm going to dye my hair pink and have my hair. I'm going to look like I fell asleep yep. on a hot plate. I'm going to make my hair whoosh on one side. I'm going to look alternative. <laughs> but my views are all going to be super statist, and they're going to be pushing this communist thing, and I'm going to be, you know, making sure that when I'm in my 40s yelling at an Alexa to do things for me that I don't care if the government is snooping in on every single thing that you, you know, that I'm saying, and how dare you for having a problem with that? You know, they basically made yeah. a youth movement of little enforcers, and, you know, you've got to counter that with something. You've got to basically make fun of these suckers. They're ridiculous people. They are. It's, um, well, it's interesting, but like I said, they wouldn't be able to do this if they, they, if people didn't perceive them as some prestigious authority group. That's why all these woke people are like, yay, because they're like the big government and they're all on our side now. And they're actually not, they're just using them as like useful idiots. Kieran, anything to add? Um, yeah, I think it's really interesting. I mean, if you think about the definition of punk, um, 
to be punk now is kind of doing what we're doing. You know, kind of having this kind of conversation. To, to be punk is growing your own vegetables in your garden. Um, that It's crazy that that's what punk has become. And, um, you know, I, I, I've seen a picture of a, of a young lady who's got some kind of um, anarchist shirt on, and yet she's sat there in a Starbucks, drinking a Starbucks on an Apple Mac laptop, um, yeah. you know, kind of really buying into the... Um, the kind of the capitalist kind of society um, dealing with all these corporations. Yet she's wearing this anarchist T-shirt, and I don't think she know what that meant what? if it slapped her in the face. So um, well, it just ooh. what it tells you is this whole system just gobbles everything up. So it's I, inverted, like one though, of the isn't things it? when we do when we go it inverts everything too, but it gobbles everything up. It tries to make it its own like a cheap commercial version of it. That's why like That's you're going to yeah. be growing yeah. your stuff and being out with your your. Um, your company and you can bet some place like prime or Amazon in their thing. They'll be like, Hey, let's have a community little chamber. Like they'll try to copy that in some perverse <laughs> retarded, excuse my language, but really ridiculous way. But it's so inauthentic. It's like, it's grotesque. It is. It, it's massive, massive. And something that, um, the, 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 the sorry, I, I don't know that, that guy's name, but something that he, he brought up previous was, um, about how, you know, these kind of corporations that are, whether, you know, when they introduce mask mandates or, or whatever, whether they're doing that um, organically or whether they're doing it because they're being told they need to do it, um, it's very similar with the whole pride thing. Um, you know, you see these all, every, we have pride month now, I don't know if that happens worldwide. But here oh, we yeah. Have, oh, we yeah. Have pride, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pride, so, it's not pride year. Every every big organisation, every big corporation, kind of changes their social media profile picture to the to the pride flag and all of this stuff. And yet, you know, you'll see like um, that same organisation somewhere like Saudi Arabia on Twitter or on Facebook, and they haven't changed their their flag. And so, what does that tell? And of course, they haven't because in in that country, it's illegal to be homosexual. So if they really wanted to stand up for these people, then the the one place they would change their profile picture would be in in that country. Yeah. You know, so and and all all that happens is that these people that they just become virtue signalers. Of course have we seen a an influx of virtue signalers over the last few years, but that's all they're doing it. It becomes meaningless. You know, put sticking yeah. that as your profile oh. picture becomes the completely They'll take yeah. everything and they strip any meaning out of it exactly. and turn it into, exactly. you know, some kind of product on a shelf that's dead. Yeah, and and, and, and and that's kind of how it is. This kind of, this the culture that we live in now and the society that we live in is, is just that, this kind of shallow uh, virtue signaling, I'll just say what I think is the best thing to say because that means I won't get in trouble kind of society. And punk was all about, the opposite of that punk was all about you know standing on stage and um singing anti-royalty songs like you know um the sex pistols did for example mm-hmm. um could you imagine that now <laughs> it, it just wouldn't happen you know and during covid i mean who, who were the punks the punks were van morrison i believe that yeah. released uh, a song and who else was there did um i think maybe towards the end god save my latte <laughs> I'm, I'm sure towards the end Eric Clapton came out with 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 something because I, I, he had an adverse reaction to one of the vaccines, so he ended up 
kind of speaking out about it, but they were quickly shut down and quickly silenced. Yet again, you know, music has always been a platform to, to, to talk. And it's the same with comedy, you know. You, there were no comedians kind of ripping into this, what's happened over the last three years. And any comedians that did were, were quickly cancelled and, and pulled down. Yeah, so, and, and um, the comedians, the late night shows we had here in, in America were uh, like, it was so ridiculous. I hope they look back in 20 years and go, wow, I'm a loser for singing the COVID vaccination song like, <laughs> like to everybody like they're four years old. I really hope that they live in shame the rest of their lives. Can I jump in again? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to tie, I want to tie this up. We've been about an hour and a half here and I don't want to keep everybody all night. Um... I guess what would the advice is like the it's the de- the technology that they have is obviously manipulating us and I don't know what's any last words, Karen on on the the, the sense of reality anything about David Ike anything you want to kind of let everybody know about how they're manipulating us. Um, I think I think really it's just firstly be aware that they are manipulating you. That's that's the that's the that's the first you know half of the battle won really because there are people that don't even know it they live their life in blissful ignorance but they're not even being ignorant because they just don't know they're, they're completely unaware so being aware that you're being manipulated being aware that you're being controlled that there's a war for your mind for your body once you once you're aware of that once you're aware that you're in a game then you can you can begin to play the game and for me the key is to get out of the game to know that you're in the game in order to get out of it and to have this kind of, um, as, as I've mentioned throughout, just start putting your energy towards um, other things that, that are still being non-compliant, that are still, you know, fucking the system. There are better ways to do it than um, arguing with your neighbour because he has a different opinion to you. There are, there are better ways to spend your life you know you're going to lie on your deathbed and think what did i do well i'm really glad i argued with that one uh you know brexiteer on back in 2020 i'm glad i argued with him are you going to do that on your deathbed or are you going to lie and think you know what the for example the, the guy i mentioned i'm glad i started that forest school for all those children i'm glad i started a community allotment to grow vegetables for my village i'm glad i did all of that that's for me is it's just better for your soul. <laughs> so there's, 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 there's better ways to, um, to, to not comply than what the majority of the truth movement are doing at the moment. And realizing that you're being manipulated and then just stepping away from it. Yeah. I, I want to say to people, we, we are always being manipulated. And I think the key is to keep your, your emotions at a, a mellow level. You don't want to get into the fear you don't want to get into the anger where you're going to rush out and light something and go go crazy. That's like what, that's what they did here when they did the riots and stuff. They ignited rage and anger and race wars. You don't want to go there because that's where they want you. Cause that's That's what they they want. That's what they want. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're vibrating at an incredibly low frequency at that point. Um, and as we've mentioned, that's, that gives them reasons to bring in, you know, uh, a military industrial complex. It gives them reasons to bring in stricter um, laws. It gives them reasons to bring all that in. And you don't want to give them that reason. That's right. I just want to answer all purposes. He left a comment about why resenting on me calling this show conspiracy folklore um, because it's about facts. Um, I call it folklore because <laughs> folklore is the study. 
Folklore is usually based on facts. You, there's always an element of truth to folklore stories. And so we're getting to this sort of thing. Folklore is also for the people. It also includes traditions, customs, you know, what we wear, religions, what we believe. There's a whole element to it. It's not, folklore just isn't fiction. I didn't call it conspiracy fiction. Folklore envelops so many things that are really important to we the people. And that's, and I also collect folklore on my website. So that's why I called it that, just to let you know. Um, we're going to tie it up. Thank you, Kieran, for coming on the spaces. Um, can they, can people find you, like your books or whatever? Or is there some place somewhere um, to find you or where can they? <clears throat> Yeah, sure. I mean, like I said, my, my books are really about the paranormal. So if anyone's in, into that kind of thing, um, so they, they can find me on Facebook. Obviously, they will have my Twitter handle here or X handle or whatever it is. I don't really do Twitter. Maybe I maybe I should for, um, going forward. But they can find me on Facebook, Kieran Woodhouse. Um, if they email me, it's probably a good way. So kieran.woodhouse at gmail.com. Um, both my books are on Amazon. So again, if you just search for Kieran Woodhouse, you'll find you'll find uh, you'll find my books on there. Um, and yeah, like I say, I've, I did release a documentary about a haunting I investigated. You can find that on YouTube called uh, A Haunting in Essex, and there'll be another one coming out at some point in the next twelve months or so. Like I say, we're in the very early stages. Um, but yeah, connect with me and uh, let, let, let's uh, let's chat. It's always good. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining the spaces. Um, I have an archive of stuff I haven't updated lately, but my website is melissadawneclectic.com. Everything's in my bio on Twitter, and all my links everywhere are on my website. So follow me on X. It's not Twitter anymore. It's X. Follow me on X and go to my website. And be sure to go on Amazon and um, search Kieran's name for his books. And hopefully next week I'll have another guest and we'll do another Spaces. Thanks, everyone, for joining. I knew I haven't been doing this for long, so I appreciate people to come back and help me grow with the Spaces and have good conversations. All right. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Bye.